The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, everybody, this is Julian Martinez, uh, your interim pastor for Fellowship Baptist Church, sitting here with Daniel Ward, our student pastor. Uh, and what a great sermon it was this Sunday. Let me just say that. Thank you. It was a good Sunday. The weather was nice. It was beautiful outside. Yeah. People showed up. I mean, we had a pretty full attendance. Yeah. And, um, and I don't want to say this sounding negative, but that's probably one of the best sermons I've ever heard you preach. Just it hit my heart. Maybe maybe that's why. And it, it was just so good. And, and I liked it a lot. And I heard a lot of other people say that. And so not to pat you on the back too much, but <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. And uh, you can't get any better than Ananias and Sapphira dropping dead in front of it's the apostles. It's a crazy story. <laughs> it's a crazy story. And it's just dropped right in the middle of Can all this imagine? other stuff. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're finding about how they have all things in common. And then, yeah. uh, you know, and then uh, Peter and John heal the lame man and they oh, face yeah. a little bit of opposition. And then, boom, here's this story about this husband <laughs> and wife that dropped dead in front of Peter. Could you it's imagine? Like, where is it? What is it? How does this even end up in here? It's crazy. Showing up to church one day. Yeah. <laughs> and it'd be like, ushers, we need you up front. Yeah. <laughs> These two people gave a lot of money yeah. for the wrong reasons and they're dead. Yeah. So you need to carry them out to Please the back. Please carry them out. Yeah. Back. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So uh, let's let's jump right into this. I I've always kind of been perplexed about that story too. Who understands why God does what He does? Right. It, we would never know sometimes. Um, but you said, uh, and you know, this is perfect because you know so they gave a lot of money and and whatnot. Uh, but you said doing the right thing with the wrong intentions is sin. Mm-hmm. And in the day and age of social media and Twitter. And everything else, everybody wants to video themselves doing good. So, you know, how do we stop ourselves from doing things with the wrong intentions? Because I think we all do it. Well, I think, first of all, um, we need to understand that we, and be honest with ourselves that, that we have a problem with that, right? We, mm. we want the credit. Go on YouTube and you can find a million videos of people helping other people. Because we want the credit of helping other people, right? We want people to see that that we've done something great, and and I think that I think that's true for a lot of people, for maybe even most people that they want credit for the good work that they do. Even even yeah. at your job, right? If you're working a job out, you know, doing whatever, mm-hmm. you want credit. My, Carter just started mowing grass, and it's like the <laughs> best time of my life at this point because I can just sit on the porch and watch that dude <laughs> mow grass. And, and, and he's horrible at it, but, but he's, he's still looking for approval. Hmm. So he finishes the front yard and he's looking to me for that attaboy, man, you did a good job, yeah. right? He wants that credit. He wants to hear from me that that was a good job. Sure. And so I think innately in all of us, there's this desire yeah. to, to, to be, um, you know, get that, get that encouragement of, Hey, you did a good job on whatever that was. Hmm. Um, and so I think that can lead, though, to this sinful motivation for doing things that that, you know, someone says, hey, you did a good job and that f- makes us feel good. And there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like Carter, when I say, hey, man, you did a good job in the front yard and he's, it's going to make him feel good. I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling good about that. But the problem 
turns the problem comes when we do things for that approval. So right. so you know you know if you want the approval of people like Ananias and Sapphira, you know for them they they wanted the approval of other people just like Barnabas. They saw the approval that Barnabas got that sure. the, the hey man Barnabas loves Jesus. Look what he did. That's awesome. Yeah. And other people were doing it, right? Mm-hmm. We read that in Acts 2. Uh, a lot of people do. And, and so they see that, and they're like, man, we want to be part of the club of, mm-hmm. of the big givers, and mm-hmm. we want people to, to give us that attaboy. But at the same time, their heart wasn't in a place where they were doing it for sincere reasons. They were doing it for the for the accolades, and they were uh, they didn't love God enough to give the money either, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they loved their money, and they wanted to hold on to some of it. Yeah. And, and so... Um, I think for us in in culture today, for us to be able to avoid that is one in everything. Evaluate your motive. Like right. before you do something for others, for God, before you bring something, an, an offering to God, whether it's money or your time or your energy or whatever it is, your life. Sure. Evaluate your motive in that, and make sure that your motives are pure. And, and then two, I think when we recognize who we are and who God is, mm. we should come to a point where we want him to get the glory for everything. Right. We, we should come to a point where we want God to be glorified in our lives and in, in all that we do, and, and and we're content with him getting the glory for, for what we do, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've always thought that music is, I, I love music. I love leading worship and yeah. and. But but leading worship has always been hard for me because when you get done doing music, there's always people that come in like, man, you did a great job. Yeah. And so you start to get this like fat head, like, man, <laughs> I'm pretty good at this. I'm the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the best music, musician in Southeast Texas, obviously. <laughs> right. And, and so you start to kind of get this fat head. And, and one, that's not true. But two, that's a terrible place to be in. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, for me, I had to come to terms with the fact that I don't want the glory. Because I'm not that great, and anything that I am is from is from God's gifting, right? right? And so, use those as an opportunity to say, and, and not in the cliche like, "Oh yeah, God gets all the glory," but like really mean that, right? Like I yeah. want God to to be glorified in my life, and mm-hmm. and that be your motive, not I want people to give me that clap. Because God said, if if that's what you're seeking, then that's sure. you, then you've got your reward. Yeah, and that's not the re- that's not the reward I want because it's fleeting, right? Mm-hmm. Someone may say, "Hey, you did a great job this Sunday." And then the next Sunday, they didn't say anything, and me, you're like, "Man, I must have done a really bad job," <laughs> yeah. right? And so that's a fleeting thing to pursue, mm-hmm. and, and and we do that on social media all the time, right? We post things like, "Look what I did with parenting my kid," or "Look at what I did with this," you know, I, "I did a really good job shopping," or whatever. And we and we go to Facebook looking for the likes and the comments yep. and and all that kind of stuff, and we're hungry for that. And, and but that's it's such a trivial thing to pursue. Right. But if God gets the glory, then it's not trivial, right? Because yeah. then there's eternal rewards in that. Yeah, and I think too, like it's it's almost ten times harder for us as ministers, wouldn't you agree? That like we have people who want to be positive and who want to say you did a great job this Sunday, yeah, or whatever. And and you know, obviously, I think we're at a place where, you know, we, we watch ourselves and we try not to do things for the wrong intentions, Mm -hmm. but everybody has that, Mm -hmm. you know, at some point or another, I'm putting together a good sermon and I know it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. Not because of me, but because of the content. Right. You know, and I'm just like, Oh boy, I can't wait to get up there and get this out there. And that can quickly turn into 
I can't wait for people to hear me say this up there. Right. You know or, I mean? or like we've talked about before, pastors get so full of themselves that they think that that's the most important part of what mm. church is. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because they put it together and because yeah. it's their, you know, it's their words that they've prepared. And so that's the most important thing that we do as a church. And right. so, it can. It's a slippery slope, man, and I get. I get it because I. If I'm honest, sometimes I struggle with it. Like yeah, I have sure. to. I have to constantly like evaluate my motives and evaluate my heart and make sure that I'm not seeking man's approval. Mm-hmm. And as I prepare a sermon, I'm not writing a sermon with a thought in mind of, man, if I write this, then that's going to really get a good sure. response. Yeah. But I'm. I'm writing this because I feel like the Holy Spirit's leading me to write it. And so it's it's a constant battle for, for pastors because our, you're right. I, I get messages every week from people saying, right. "Hey, you do a good job doing this, or you do a good job doing that," or they'll say, "You know, they drive by and hey, man, you do a good job." And I appreciate that. It's very it's, encouraging. It's encouragement. Yeah, and, and, and without it, it would be difficult to continue on, right? If you don't have <laughs> yeah. some kind of encouragement. Yeah. But but at the same time, that's not what we live for. Right. We're living our lives for, for the glory of God and that he should get the glory in all that we do. Yeah. And so I, I think that that's, that's the answer to that is, is one, be honest with yourself and evaluate your motive and two, seek God's glory and not your own. Yeah. And so uh, that, that leads right into our next question. You said, uh, speaking of sin, you said sin is a product of the heart. So, you know, what would you say to the idea that humanity is actually good and that we're, we were worth saving? So I have one of these pet peeves. I hate it. I hate it. If you're listening right now and I scroll past your news feed on Facebook and you have this, I'm going to unfriend you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but I hate it. I hate when somebody posts something and says, this restores my faith in humanity. Mm, yeah. Right. And so you said sin is a product of the heart. So what, what, what about that idea that we're actually good inside and that God, we were we were worth saving, right? Kind of like we had this worth to us. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's pastors out there that preach that, right? That, yeah. that you you almost earned that mm-hmm. by being a good person and that it, deep in its roots, humanity is good. Yeah. That's that's a cultural thing that's preached too, right? You, you watch any Disney movie and ultimately you're going to see like... <laughs> good will prevail because man is ultimately good. Right. And, and the evil person's heart will be turned towards good yeah. because good is, is, is ultimately going to prevail. Here, here's my response to that. And it's, it's actually not my response, but it's Paul's Paul in Romans seven verse 18 he says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, mm. nothing good that is in my flesh for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Wow. So understanding that deep down, man, we are depraved individuals. We don't have the ability inside of us to do anything good. Right. That anything that good that comes from us is by the grace of God. Sure. It's God working in and through us to allow us to do good. It's yeah. It has nothing to do with our own efforts. We are sinful beings at heart. And, and, and even as believers who have been freed from sin, we still have a flesh. We still have these sinful desires that wage war against our soul, like the scripture that I read Sunday says. Yeah. It's this constantly fighting inside of us, fighting the spirit of God that lives inside of us for us to pursue those sinful desires. And when we give credence to those things, when we, like I said, Sunday feed that dog, mm-hmm. then we're allowing it to get stronger in our life and, and, and have more victory in our life than we would like to be 
you know, like it to have. Right. As believers, I think if you're a genuine believer, there's something inside of you that wants to do right. Like Paul said, yeah. like I want to do good, but I don't have the ability to, to do good. So I need to depend on the Holy Spirit inside of me, and I need to do things that feed that rather than feeding the sinful desires in the flesh inside of me. Right. And can you kind of explain for people who might not get it, like the difference between somebody could actually be morally okay without having Christ, and what's that dynamic look like? Meaning, yeah, so so lost people can have good marriages. Lost people can yeah. help out the homeless. Mm-hmm. Lost people can be honest, right? They can do all those things, but but those things are still done, I think, through the grace of God because apart from God's grace in our world, I think man ultimately is going to pursue evil. Sure. Um, and so even though that person hasn't acknowledged God and put their faith and trust in God, I still, still think that God works in everyone. Wow. And so um, I, don't, I don't think that, uh, that anyone is innately good, even, yeah. even, even the lost person that may be morally upright. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be my answer to that question. Yeah. And I think, too, we have to understand that morals is apart from what God calls good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaning I can do something morally right without Christ, but ultimately that's going to lead to nothing. Right, and that, that brings us, can bring us back to our first point, too, that sometimes we do may do the right thing, check the box, but it's not for the right reasons, yeah. right? I mean, if you look at the, um, the Pharisees in Scripture, mm-hmm. they were abiding by the law. Right. right, They were checking all these boxes, but it turned into a religious thing for them. And, and they weren't doing it to glorify God and to bring, you know, to, to try to uh, honor God with their life. They were doing it to check this, this box, this religious box system of, you know, if I do these 10 things, then yeah. I'm good with God. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they didn't, you know, recognize that ultimately they can't do those 10 things. Yeah. Because even if they're may outwardly do those things, that there's still sin in their heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like good without any eternal significance isn't good at all. Right. Right? Like you have people who, you know, give water to the thirsty, and that's great. That's great. But if you're not giving them Jesus Christ, then that water is only going to last for a little while, mm-hmm. like Jesus told the woman at the well. Right. I think that's what I love so much about, like, manna worldwide. You know, they have feeding centers and they do water wells, but all of that comes along with the gospel. Right. And because without giving the gospel, then all that stuff is worthless. Right. Right. Because they're going to die one day. And if they die without Jesus Christ, so what if they were thirsty on earth? Does that make sense? Yep. hundred percent. All right. So uh, another thing you said about sin is that sin is deadly serious. Now, why did you say that? And why do you think we don't take sin as seriously as we should? You know, because we all justify our own sin. Well, I said that because it's a play on words, obviously, right? <laughs> in an eye since fire die. Um, and, and, Drop dead. And it's like I talked about in the scripture or in the sermon. We uh, we read that at first and we think that seems hardcore. Yeah. Like a little over the top. A little over the top. God, come <laughs> on now. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just told a lie, right? Like people do that all the time in churches, right? People yeah. all the time are probably giving for the wrong reasons. Um, but I think that, again, that just reveals our ignorance of, of, of our sin and what sin is and and how much God detests sin. Yeah. That's why I said Sunday that the, at the root, all sin is ultimately a rejection of who God is. That's why it's so serious Mm. because you're basically saying to the person, the being who created the universe and then sent his son to save you that 
it's not that big of a deal. Rejecting mm-hmm. who I am as a person is not that big of a deal. Yeah. And to him, it is a big deal. You, you've, you've rejected who he is as a person and rejected uh, his character. And so I think that's, that's a huge deal. Um, but to answer the other part of your question, um, I think that in our culture today, um, we justify our sin because we want to sin. Right, we, hmm. we, we have sin has become entertainment. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. I mean, we're in, we are entertained by sin. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of it too, and, and and you know we've had this we've had this little span of time where we're stuck at home and, and Netflix is like become the thing that we pass our time with, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and everybody's talking about this Tiger King show. Yeah. Right. Tiger King is like the epitome of like straight up garbage, right? <laughs> yeah. Like hot, <laughs> nasty, gross garbage that uh, we are just like watching and thinking, man, this is awesome. <laughs> it right? Up. This redneck dude with these tigers <laughs> watching his sinful life is oh, awesome. Man. I'm so entertained by it. But that's what we do, yeah. right? And because sin has become entertainment. And, and I think that it desensitizes us to sin. Mm. I think yeah. that's that's what that ha, that has done in, in in our Christian culture today is that you know there there was a time when the church looked different than the rest of the world. Sure. Absolutely. Than, than the behavior of the church that that looked different than the rest of the world. Not so much the case today. Right. Right when people look at the church today our sin is the same as the world's sin. Mm-hmm. Our divorce rate is the same as the world's divorce rate. The way that we raise our kids is the same. And, and, and there's not a whole lot of difference. And I think that's become we've, because we've become desensitized to sin. We, we make it seem like it's not that big of a deal. When you look at Tiger King <laughs> and then you look at your own life, you're like, I'm not that I'm bad not of that a bad. person. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I've never like cussed out some lady on YouTube videos and, and right. claimed that she killed her husband. I've never yeah. lived in a like multi gay man relationship, right? Like I've not done some of these things, so I'm not that bad of a person. And, and that's again, just ignorance of what sin is. Yeah. And, and, and so I think uh, that that's a huge problem. And then I also think that selfishness is a huge problem mm. that, that, that we want what we want, even if it goes against God's word. Yeah. And we, and we, and we just excuse it away. Right. Well, you know, if I, uh, if I want to, get that promotion at work and, and I want that more than anything else. And that's ultimately what my heart and my life is focused on. Right. And I'm going to pursue that at all costs. And, and even if that means that I have to maybe cross the boundary of integrity and may have to lie or may have to mm. cheat or whatever to get to that promotion, then that's, that's sin. That's you. And, and you kind of minimize it and say, well, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But it's sin, and, and, and all sin is, is, is deadly, right? The, the wages of sin is death. The yeah. wages of all sin is death. I said that Sunday. It's not just that the wages of murder is death. It's not just the wages of adultery is death. The wages of all sin is death, mm-hmm. and that includes when you know teenagers cheat on their tests and homework. It, it, sure. it, it includes when we as adults lie. It includes when we as adults sit and fill our brains and, and minds with the garbage that's on television, yeah. right? All of it is sin, and we can try to justify it and make it sound like it's not that big of a deal, but it's sin. Yeah. I think we've become 
comfortable with the idea of grace, right, and sin. Remember when Paul said, you know, because grace abounds, should we sin more? And he says, absolutely not. Yeah, you know? right. And we've, we've created this culture, I think, uh, of don't worry about it, mm-hmm. okay, because of the grace of God. Right. That, that we have desensitized it. We've, we've, we've justified it in our, own, uh, in our own minds to say, you know, uh, because God loves me and wants me to be happy or whatever, I can get this divorce. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, because God, you know, wants me to be happy or whatever, I can take that promotion even though it's going to take me away from church mm-hmm. and family and, and everything else. And, uh, and I really love what Paul says in Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> it's real interesting because uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 and on, he says, Therefore put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, uh, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And then he says, you know, you once walked in these things. But then, you know, that list, you look at it and you think, oh, yeah, 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 I'm definitely not going to do that list. That's not me. And and then uh, he, he comes up with this whole nother list. Right. And he says, but now put away all the following. Like, put, don't do this either. He says, anger, wrath, malice, slander and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self you are being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of your creator so you know the first list he says yeah you're probably not going to do all these things right sexual immorality lust evil desire greed all these things but then he says the second list that might be you and put that away too right anger wrath malice slander filthy language in other words you know don't think that your sin isn't that bad and that, you know, someone else sin is worse. Just like you said, like I'll sit and watch my 600 pound life. Have mm-hmm. you ever watched that? Oh, yeah. And I'm wanting to lose weight and I'll sit there and watch that. And instantly I'll think, well, shoot, I'm not that bad off. Yeah, I can still see my toes. You know, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I agree with you that sin is deathly dangerous and that, um, that we have to watch out, right? That, that we don't take take the grace that God's given us for granted to then be in this lifestyle of not taking serious, uh, the sin that offends God so deeply. I thought that was a great point that you made there. Yeah. You know, I think we're quick to say, I, th- I think we're quick to assume that we are good. Like, right. Like Jesus had to come and die so that the really bad people could be reconciled back <laughs> to God. Right. Yeah. But, even you as a person, if you're listening to this right now, even me, even Julian, even the sin in our life, if it was, if, if, if I was the only person that ever lived on the face of the world and I rejected God's standard for, for righteousness, mm-hmm. to be reconciled back to God, Jesus would have had to die for my sin. Absolutely. Not just Adolf Hitler's sin, <laughs> my sin, right? Yeah. And, and so that makes it personal when we recognize that Jesus was put on that cross, not just for everybody else's sin, but for my sin. Yeah. Even if I was the only person that ever existed, my sin would have still put Jesus on the cross. And when we focus on that, we realize that, 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 that that's what sin does, that the wages of sin literally is death. Mm-hmm. Jesus paid that price for us, but, but someone paid the price, right? 
Sure. And, and so when we recognize that reality, that, that sin really does bring death, yeah. then then it helps us to have the right perspective that we don't minimize the sin in our life. We, we realize this is a big deal to yeah. God, and it should be a big big deal to me too. I shouldn't trivialize it. And, and that doesn't mean that we're not going to still sin, right? right. I'm still going to yeah, mess up and, and, and make and, and make choices that dishonor God. But whenever I've come to the realization that I've done that, I shouldn't say, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I just did this. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. No, I should see that and hate it and mourn it and beg God to remove it from my life and, yeah. and, and realize that I need to start putting other filters in my life to help me not to ever do that again because I don't want to sin against the God who sent his son to pay for that sin, mm. right? Yeah. And, and it's like you said, that, that, that scripture that says that, that God's grace shouldn't lead us to sin more. It should lead us to repentance. It should lead us towards running from that sin more because we realize the the, the, the heavy cost of that sin. Yeah, and, and so I think that um, that that when we recognize the reality of sin and, and the punishment of sin that, that that sin deserves, and that in the punishment that Jesus took for our sin, mm-hmm. um, then that that will lead us to repentance, not to minimizing it and making it sound like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, and the ramifications that sin brings barriers into our own lives, right? Like, uh, you know, the more I sin, the less sanctified I become. And then the more I sin, the more I suffer for it. The, the more that the less I come closer to God and the more my life suffers because of the sin that ensnares me. Right. Yeah. Well, that was a great discussion. And uh, I can't wait for this Sunday to meet again. And like Daniel said before, I think we're getting some uh, semblance of maybe we're on the downhill slope of this thing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, um, we can get past all this and meet and be able to hold services. And what a glorious day that's going to be. Yeah. So that the, the Sunday we can open the doors again. And uh, yeah. And, I know, you know, some people have asked us, like, what is our plan? What does that look like? And and. What we're thinking is, is I mean, depending on, I guess, what they tell us, we're thinking yeah. that we'll probably roll it back in in phases and not immediately sure. come back and have Bible study and worship and child care and all that. But we'll kind of roll it back in phases and start with worship inside the building and then ultimately hopefully have some child care and then bring back Bible study and then bring back Wednesday night. And hopefully within the next, you know, however many weeks, we'll be back to somewhat of a normal life. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to go back to church as it was before be honest with you yeah but um i'm excited about what church is going to look like now yeah i, I agree with you yeah the, the heart of it right? the heart yeah yeah, to, yeah to see what what we've come out of what came out of all this what positive i yeah. think the one positive i see is it feels like there's this new sense of like belonging and community within our church mm. that i think has come from having to do parking lot church and, yeah. and, and having to figure out a way to make this work in our in the time that we're living in and people being hungry to be together, I think is going to create this new um, like community and, and, and family of believers that, that sure. we, you know, we had the We Are Fellowship series and talked about what that looks like, mm-hmm. Christ-centered fellowship. And, and then now we, we've we been forced to sit in our cars and wave at each other. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so realizing that like, there's there's coming a time when we're going to be able to live in Christ-centered community yeah. again, and so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the fact that there's that that spirit within our people. Yeah, I'm excited about it too, and uh, we can't wait to see you guys next Sunday. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. 
and we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go.